Come on. Cheryl Ann, are you ready? I'm ready. Excellent. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is the strong and powerful Cheryl Ann Skolnicki. She is a work-life balance expert, a coach, a speaker, a consultant, helping highly talented women be rock stars at work and at home. Cheryl Ann, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. So I am a married mom of three. My kids are 10, 13, and 16, uh, living in the Midwest in Cincinnati, Ohio. I've been here for 20 years, so most of my adult life at this point. And um, what I do professionally is run a company called Brilliant Balance. We are expert guides for working moms. The whole premise is that this is the generation of women who were promised that we could have it all but nobody really told us what we were supposed to do once we got it. And so we are here to help kind of fill that gap. You can have it all. Go ahead. Have it all. (laughs) Right. Good luck with that. Here's here's all. (laughs) How how, how funny. I've I've never, uh, I've, I've never, I've never thought about that that way. Um, Fascinating, right? Here are the keys to this amazing car, but you don't know how to drive it or marshal all the resources, all of it. So, yes. all right. So, so that that's good, but it's one of those good problems. Yeah, the contradiction is right. Having it all never meant doing it all, and mm. I think for generations, men have just sort of as a birthright known that. Right, there was always a support structure around them and an um, implicit assumption of choices, and women are just starting to get the memo on that. Having it all doesn't mean doing it all. That is a that is an awesome awesome sentence right there. Okay, nice. So, what, what what's what's the starting point? Um, maybe not everybody actually wants to have work life balance. Maybe some people have tried and they thought it, think it's kind of a fiction, and maybe mm. work life balance is is never going to be an actual, when you think about a scale, going to look exactly like that, right? Yeah, Um, ditch that image for sure. Um, I think what everyone would agree they want is discretion over where they spend their time. hmm. And if you really kind of double click on the definition of work-life balance, that's what it is. It's do I feel like I have a sense of agency and control over where I spend my time? And I don't think there's anyone who would say they don't want that. No, I... I don't think anybody would say that either. Agency and control over where I spend my time. Yeah, that is essentially what I want. So right. why wouldn't women want that too? <laughs> right. And and the the you know, I think work life balance has sort of gotten this antiquated definition of, you know, it means I want um, more time at home and less time at work sometimes, but not necessarily, right? And certainly there's a dynamic dance. Um, the the rhythm of one day is different than the rhythm of the next. Of One season may be different than the rhythm of the next. And so, it again, it really comes back to having discretion and control. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And those are those are terms that, that I've certainly taken to use over the years as well as different seasons of life. And then sure. uh, talk about life as having more of a rhythm to it. And it's certainly going to change and, and evolve even over the course of a day and or, 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 or a week, let alone, let alone a year. So yeah. um, do you find that, that people understand how they want to spend their time? So what I find is that most of the women in our audience um, have pre-decided that they don't have that control. 
right? They've bought into the mythology that it's not really their choice. Um, we hear a lot of, I have to do this, or it is what it is. And so we spend a lot of time, early days of being in connection with um, somebody trying to rewrite that invisible scripting so that we're become more clear that really everything is a choice. You know, that you're sort of essentially doing a root cause analysis of why don't I feel like I have choices and how far back do I have to go to make some different choices to get that freedom that I really want, right? Sometimes helpful to look at an example, something like, well, but it takes me 30 minutes to drive my kids to school. And I drive them there and I come home every morning and I drive to get them and I come back every night and it just is what it is, right? That would be a typical scenario. And yet, who chose to put the kids in the school that's 30 minutes away? Who hasn't explored a carpool? Who hasn't looked at, right? So many options that could be rewritten. Um, and we could go down the path of select sports and all the other, you know, my, my commute is this far. My meetings happen at 6 p.m. I work on a global team. Like all the things that we act like we have no discretion over, but really if we're steering toward um, a rhythm of life that we really want, we have to rethink virtually all of those choices. Yeah, certainly. I can just just in my own life probably point to and not probably 100% point to different things that you just sort of described that I don't necessarily think that I'm a victim of it, but there are certainly things that I view that are happening to me. And if I just went one or two layers deeper, I'm sleeping in the bed that I made. So yes, that's the key, right? Is one or two layers deeper. You said the most important thing. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. And I imagine that that a lot of these layers are probably going to be three or four or five or six down to when I was a little kid. For some people, for, for, for others, some. it's probably one or two. Yeah. And I think also it, there's a real um, analogy here in the finance world. So if you think about making different financial choices where people might say, well, I just I can't find freedom in this household budget or I can't figure out how to invest. There are often right a couple of big choices that if revisited, free up all kinds of cash. So there's real um parallels in the financial world to versus death by a thousand paper cuts, right? I'm going to try to get that savings by all the one and three and five dollar decisions. You know, sometimes there's, I live in a different town and all of a sudden my cost of living is radically different. You know, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. My cost of living is radically different than if I lived in New York or LA or San Diego where I might really choose to live, right? Left to my own devices. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I 100% see that for sure. Um, so it is, it is figuring out what you really want your, how, how, how you really want to be spending your time and then doing the work on figuring out why it is that you're thinking the way that you're thinking, but then also looking at the, 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 the lifestyle choices that, that you're making, how you're allocating your resources and then choices you're making and how you're putting your kids, you know, if again, to your point, you're driving 45 minutes because that's a school you want your kids to go to or everybody in your town plays squash. So you drive your kid to the squash court, whatever. Right. Um, right. And it's the currency of time. I mean, I, I trade in the currency of time. So that's the work I'm doing with our clients is figuring out if this is the currency you have. And the difference, of course, is you can't get any more of it, right? This is, mm -hmm. you get exactly 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
how are you going to invest it so that you're really happy with the outcome? You know, so that return on your time investment is super powerful. Yeah, yeah, there's no two ways about that. So, okay, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I, I, I need to sort of unpack and, and do the work of of my, my thought process and my thinking, then I need to figure out, okay, here's, here's what I'm more interested in doing and then making those changes. And so here, here what, and you can kind of guide me and tell me if I'm off sure. base here, figuring out where, how, how it is I really want it to look like. And then the challenges that I'm going to run into when I start making those changes yeah. and then how do I keep the thing moving? And I imagine that yeah. there's boundaries that need to be set up. Well, you know what happens? So just practically speaking, most of us, you, me, anyone listening would say there are some places that I, you know, they would say, I don't have enough time. That's the standard thing. I have too much to do and not enough time to do it. And what I really think the first layer is, is too much of our time is going to keeping us where we are and not enough time is devoted to getting us where we want to go. So just take that broad brush stroke. How much of our week is in what I'll call the lather, rinse, repeat cycle, right? We're just doing the laundry, making dinner, driving to squash practice, whatever it is, right? It's all the same things. And then how much of our time is actually um, allocated to things that advance our life, that deepen our relationships, that improve our health, that grow our businesses or our careers? So what we're trying to do is essentially reshape the percentages of time so that less of them are spent on the mundane um, and more of them are invested in things that have a return that are that are helping us grow right or move our lives i'm always saying up and to the right you know that curve we all want to be on so that is not it's not hard work but it takes effort it takes choices it takes courageous conversations in our families or our communities or our workplaces to be able to spend less time on some of the mundane and more time on the things that are advancing our lives. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, yeah. it 100% does. So, so there's a thoughtfulness, right? And and I think most people are living on autopilot. Like we created a system, it's kind of working, it's kind of cobbled together. We don't really have time to think about it too much, so we say. And so we're just repeating that same cycle and it's an it's often an inefficient cycle. Yeah. Okay, I I one hundred percent agree. I think that we are one thousand percent moving, just sort of in our inertia and doing what we've always done, and because it's not all bad, right? Right. <laughs> There's certainly good right. stuff going on here. Absolutely. But but, Cheryl Ann, it is not really the optimal way that we want to be spending our time. Could and it be better? So it could yes. be better for sure. Um. All right. So I can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Do I start small? How do I? How, how, how do I start moving in the direction of, of being in charge of my time? Yeah, I think that we talk about three really practical strategies versus saying, what do you want to give up? So the three strategies are you're going to either eliminate something altogether, like here's something I did and I no longer do this, right, at all. Nobody does it anymore. Two, I get someone else to do it. So I delegate or outsource. So my time gets reallocated and someone else is doing that task. Or three, I figure out how to do it more efficiently. And so when you look across, we typically have people do a time study 
a fairly broad brushstroke time study, but take a look at where are you investing time that you didn't even realize. And and I mentioned one of them earlier. I mean, driving, you know, the amount of time we spend transporting people back and forth as working parents is enormous. And so typically when people get confronted with the data on that, they start immediately looking for optimizations. Are we going to cut an activity? Am I going to get into a carpool? Am I going to find another like, more efficient ways of doing it? Also holds true for household tasks, things that we do in work routinely. Like there's this kind of essentialism um, underpinning to the whole structure, right? Really deciding what matters most. And then, of course, protecting time for that while taking it away from things that matter less. I love it. Is it possible to cut something out totally? Is it possible to, to delicate or outsource it totally? Like, can I teach my 12-year-old to drive Kids before to do, 16? Yes. Is that <laughs> exactly? I don't know, or exactly. or figure out how to how to do it more more. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and and George, it's an often overlooked strategy of having kids do work. Like we we have built a society where we say, God, the kids are so busy, we can't ask them to do these things, mm. and yet we have, you know, they're living in these households, and so the beds don't make themselves, the dishes don't do themselves, the laundry doesn't do itself, and someday they're going to have to run households. So it's really not cruel to teach them to do some of these tasks that we're taking on ourselves over and over again, even some of the time, you know, can provide relief. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. That's nothing but a good thing for for, for, for the kid as well. So, yeah. okay, so it's a matter of going through, I, I don't know if you said time audit or something along those lines, yeah. just kind of looking through and, and finding the opportunities. Um, and then from there, what's what, if I'm able to actually cut down or just successfully accomplish one of those three strategies or all of them, where, mm -hmm. where do I go from then there? What? Well, then you've saved time, right? So the first thing you've created is a reserve and think of it like a savings account, right? Then you could reallocate that to something that you want more. So as soon as you've created a reserve where there's a little bit of breathing room, you're not kind of running end to end in your day. Now there's those choices of what am I steering toward? What do I want to invest more time and energy in? Is it my career? Is it my personal health and well-being? Is it a relationship? Is it a project that I want to take on? Um, and uh, there is no right answer it, because we're so unique in what we think would move our lives up and to the right, right? What you would choose to do with an extra five hours a week is different than what I would. And, th and there isn't a right answer. The key is having peace with those choices, you know, so you really feel like you have had that discretion um, and that's where we get deep fulfillment and satisfaction is is reclaiming that control. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I know um, I know some really successful and we, we can talk about men or women, but because your work yeah. is, is 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 focused on women, I have some really successful women who uh, who have expressed frustration to me in the past because um, they are younger and trying to establish themselves within their organizations and they have a tendency to take too much stuff on. How do you mm -hmm. counsel them? Um, I typically say begin as you mean to go on. You know, it, it's I'm a former runner. I think about cadencing and finding a pace you can sustain. Um, I think we have a culture that says you have to prove yourself. So get in early and just work like a dog and prove that you will. But then you become the dog that everyone is working at that level forever. It's really hard to go backwards. Um, there is no resting place in companies where all of a sudden they take a bunch of work away and tell you to work less, right? Yeah. If you've 
proven you're willing to do it. So finding these strategies where we're very effective, but not like being effective is not correlated to the number of hours we invest. And so you don't want to ever correlate those in your own mind or train your management to correlate those. You want to really stay focused on results. Um, and I, I think our culture right now where we have a lot more people working from home, we have a lot more digital tools is helping that. There's less of a visibility culture right now. So it's a moment in time I would encourage people to seize because we can yeah, no, I think that that's excellent right there. Um, oftentimes, as soon as you start doing something, you're not going to be able to get it off your plate. It's kind of like, and, and, and anyway, I was going to make a a political uh, comment, and I'll just make it. Once once a new law or a, a political program was put in place, it's hard to take it away. So mm-hmm. prob- prob- mm-hmm. probably the same here. So anyway. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're sort of running out of time, but I, 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 I want to make sure that because I've enjoyed um, – everything you said, what, what else? Yeah, I think that honestly, there's so much more we can talk about, right? It's really hard to get these into 20 or 30 minute conversations. Um, it might be helpful for some people listening to kind of find us online and, and explore some of the resources. I have a podcast called Brilliant Balance. We have a website, it's brilliant-balance.com, kind of the jumping off points to other topics that might be of interest. Remembering that our core audience is that, you know, working mom, um, big job, big ambition and kids at home. And really, if someone listening is in that seat, like they're going to be really well served by a lot of the content that we have. Love it. Well, Cheryl Ann, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, this is going to sound like a broken record. I think everything is a choice. You know, if you can get deep enough into your history of how you got here, uh, there is a choice somewhere that can be changed or modified that will get you a better outcome. And remembering that is just everything. Puts you back in the driver's seat. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets. Come on. Come on. Geraldine, thank you so much for coming on. Give us the websites again. Give us the podcast where, where, where people can connect with you. Yep, brilliant-balance.com, and the podcast is just Brilliant Balance. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Cheryl and your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to brilliant-balance.com. Find the Brilliant Balance podcast as well, and dig into this stuff because we only got one opportunity to go around the track. So <laughs> thanks again, Cheryl Ann. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.